If you like baseball, then this is your show. Noah and Brian and Adam will host. Trashing on the umps and making hot takes. We love Joe Panic because he rakes. Yeah! It's non-stop baseball podcast. It's non-stop baseball What is up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 98 of the Nonstop Baseball Whoa. Podcast. We are back, not all of us, but yeah. we are back um, for another great episode, getting close to 100. Uh, I am Noah, joined, as always, by Adam, as truly. As always. Um, as always. Adam, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, you guys don't know this, but you were so close to getting me going rogue for a solo episode. <laughs> it was it was almost going to happen. It was pretty close, yeah. But then uh, I was able to finish up some work and get in here for another dynamic duo. Um, no, yeah, I went from my weekend being slotted to being a free saturday kind of all by myself chilling and resting and then sunday doing the same watching the dortmund game to working a graduation and then filling in on drums at a church which was fun but definitely i missed the the six nothing win for dortmund today though Oof. let's be honest if i would have said no to drumming god would have made dortmund lose, lose. yeah they would so. have been it would have been tragic yeah, a little. So, they would have uh, lost one nothing in like the ninety fourth minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played a big role today in Dortmund's win, and then the Suns won, evened up the series two two. It's yeah. I mean, I'm tired today, but it was also a lot of fun stuff. Uh, it's cool to see people graduate, and obviously fun to play some drums. So it was a tiring weekend when it didn't look like it was going to be, but it was a lot of fun. And but. Mm. Yeah, now we're moving on into some baseball talk. I think I want to start off by honoring a, you know, we say it jokingly, but a true Oakland A's legend. Yep. Vita Blue passed away this week. Um, and just, yeah, just to, you hear a lot of pitchers like Dennis Eckersley and other guys talk about people that they looked up to. They, They'll mention, like, he mentions always Juan Marichal and Vita Blue. He just loved mm. their flair, those high leg kicks. And, you know, just a guy that was able to embody the city of Oakland and be a, a bright spot for them and just a dominant pitcher as well. And low-key nasty in MLB The Show. That's one of the cool <laughs> things about... That's, you know, like, I, you say that kind of jokingly, but it's, that's one of the really cool aspects about MLB the show and bringing in those legends and now this year they're bringing in uh obviously Vita Blue was this was past his time but like uh Negro Leagues legends you mm. get to experience all of these players that you know I as a you know well debatably younger person now <laughs> these days uh yeah I get to experience these guys that obviously I wasn't watching growing up but yeah. no yeah Vita Blue absolute legend uh before I drop some stats on you got anything to say about Vita yeah, I mean, as as we said, an Oakland legend, obviously spent sort of the latter half of his career on a, on a couple of other teams, um, San Francisco as well. He went across the bay, um, but yeah, just a 
just a legendary. He definitely strikes me as a player's player. I feel like he's a guy that you'll hear a lot of players talk about and then otherwise not totally ignored as like a legend, but like he feels like like you if you asked a fan about a lot of players, you know, they give you the Babe Ruth, they give you the Hank Aaron's. And I feel like if you ask a lot of pitchers about pitchers that they've looked at, you hear Vita Blue a lot more frequently. Yeah, I mean, three-time World Series champion, um, six-time All-Star, he's had as an ERA title, Cy Young, and an MVP. And I think maybe it's just because I mean, a lot of really, really good seasons and then that one Cy Young MVP season, which is just ridiculous. Um, led the league with six hits per nine, led the league in whip with a 095 whip, led the league Ooh. in FIP with a 220 FIP. Um, Three, three and a, like basically three and a half strikeouts per walks. Um, let's see, twenty-four complete games, eight shutouts, a one-eight-two ERA, and way back in the day, three hundred strikeout seasons were just not a thing. Dude, he had a three hundred and one strikeout season. And you might be wondering, well, how did he do that back then? It's because he pitched three hundred and twelve innings. Oh in yeah, 1971. baby, seventy one, dude, three hundred and twelve. Yeah, we're innings. we're we talk about Sandy Alcantara being an absolute modern workhorse, and he's like scraping past two hundred. He only gave up two hundred nine hits in three hundred twelve innings. Yeah, absurd, That's ridiculous. Wow. And what was it? Twenty four complete games. Twenty four complete games. Yeah, that's nuts, out of thirty nine uh, starts. You know, he, uh, yeah, he only hit four batters too in all of those innings. Pitched. Hey, Alec Manoa is, I think, already past that. He probably, <laughs> but yeah, uh, twelve over twelve hundred batters faced that year. Uh, One eighty three ERA plus, and I mean that was obviously the outlier season, but a lot of sub three ERAs and sub four ERAs, which is great seasons, well above the two hundred fifty innings pitched. Um, but yeah, that was that MVP Cy Young was a twenty one year old Vita Blue, um, just amazing stuff, amazing pitcher, um, and yeah, like. Uh, a true Oakland legend um, and just kind of bums me out thinking about them leaving Oakland because I know the, the community of Oakland is one that really celebrates Vita Blue but hopefully he still gets as celebrated whenever they, they move away from Oakland. Yeah, I have a feeling that uh, as bitter as Oakland might be about moving um, I think that looking back the the Oakland Athletics will be remembered pretty fondly. Oh yeah, no doubt. But um, yeah, um, man, where do you want to go from here? Because that's what? about there's there there's go. a lot of places to go. I think. Well, I want to just ease back into some baseball talk. Want to yeah. check in with our how our favorite teams are doing. Sure. The uh, yeah. the Red Sox bullied the Jays. Kind of, yeah. kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, the Red Sox are doing incredible right now. Eight of their last ten, they were on a little. I, I, my brain's a little foggy right now. I don't remember if it was a seven or eight game win streak that was just snapped by the Phillies today. And the lineup is just a unit, right? And because when you look at it, like um, obviously Yoshida's on his uh, sixteen game hit streak right now. He's doing incredible. 
Uh, but a lot of the bottom half of the lineup guys, Connor Wong, Emmanuel Valdez, rookie, has been hitting. Christian Arroyo, who just went on the IL. Um, and then your guy, Rymel Tapia, yeah. not getting a ton of playing time, but whenever he's in there, he is just so much fun to watch. A Dude, great ball player. Seriously. The perfect bench outfielder. Just yes. perfect rotation yep. outfielder. He's amazing uh, at that role. Um, and then Devers, he's hitting home runs and he's like leading the baseball and RBI and all that stuff. But right now he's like a 250 hitter or something like that. So it's like he hasn't even really gotten going the way Devers can yet. Um, so that's kind of scary to think about. <laughs> Just the one thing uh, that's, you know, always kind of bringing me back down to earth is looking at this rotation. Like, you know, on this win streak, it's like, oh, the Red Sox won a game. Who's pitching tomorrow? It's like, oh, Kluber's pitching tomorrow. Ooh. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we still won the game when Kluber yeah. pitched, but there's not I mean, like a... It's not like I get excited for any of these starting pitchers other than like Chris Sale has been looking good again. But yeah, it's been a little tough looking over at um, Eduardo Rodriguez and Nathan Eovaldi who are in just proper form right now. Um, but, you know, hopefully figure things out. Some some of these guys get healthier, get their feet under them. Or I think if this offense is going, kind of leave Heim with no choice but to try and, you know, maybe get a Lucas Giolito in here. That's what I'd like, something like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, really happy with the Red Sox, having a lot of fun. But I'm sure, as you can attest to, because your, your team has an even better record than mine, it is pretty <laughs> crazy to have a uh, 21 and 15 record and be seven and a half games back. So but brutal. That's where I'm at. Well, you know, or I mean, even more um, <clears throat> interesting, be uh, have a 21 and 15 record and be in fourth place. That's so it's so obnoxious would be second place. I think in literally every other division, second or first place in every other like, division. or first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wild. No, Jay's Jay's came into Fenway and we're looking for some wins. Didn't get them jumped on that Red Sox starting rotation. Pretty good, actually. Um, they did a good job of, of getting hits, but they just got absolutely pummeled with long balls. Um, I mean, game two of that series, Jays lose by one run, but the Red Sox hit four homers off them. Just, they were teeing off. Um, yeah, Yoshida's, he bullied the Jays. Um, although I do think my other, my favorite uh, thing of, uh, I decided when I was watching this series that I would watch the Red Sox broadcast the whole time. Nice. And listening to them progressively get more and more exacerbated with Bo Bichette just always being on base <laughs> was hilarious. Yeah. Like the first game of that series, he went five for five. <laughs> like they're just like, dude, the, he he's just always on. <laughs> he's just like, come on, <laughs> get him out, please. Yeah. He's 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 ridiculous, dude. Bichette's having an unreal start to the year. Um, yeah. He has been slapping the ball around like crazy. I know I brought it up uh, a week or two ago, but looking at his hit spray chart is so funny. You'd think he's a lefty. Mm -hmm. It's all the right field. <laughs> yeah, and then occasionally he just really tries to demolish one yeah. to the pole side. Yeah, and when he does, oh my God. <laughs> he, <laughs> he absolutely can he can rake. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at his savant numbers, they're ridiculous. Um but uh, it's all right. The Jays bounced back against the Pirates, so I'm I'm happy with that. Um, they just finished up a three-game sweep in Pittsburgh. 
and uh, Pirates only scored three runs over the course of those three games, and the Jays scored a lot more. So they look like they're back, back on their uh, on their horse, which is good. Yeah, it was a it was, and that sweep was huge for the Red Sox in many reasons. One of them being that the Blue Jays absolutely dominated the Red Sox last year. Like yeah. if you took if you took the Blue Jays games out of the Red Sox record. I forget what the number was, but it was like, hey, that's like not a bad record at yeah. all. But the Blue Jays just made their record so much worse. Yeah, I mean, um, let's like putting it this way. Um, the Blue Jays and Red Sox played each other more often last year with the old schedules. The Red Sox this year have already surpassed their win total against the yeah, Jays. Yeah, I think they only won like two or three games against the Blue Jays last year. Yeah, it was right? it was brutal. Yeah. And then they, they have already surpassed that with one four-game sweep. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Um, but one last sort of Red Sox thought. Masataki Yoshida obviously is Ooh. just on a heater right now. He's on fire. But when you look at his approach, the way he's really strong. Like, he he has legit power. Um, early in the year, he was kind of pulling too much. Now he's just taking the pitch wherever it is and getting hits, getting doubles, and an occasional home run. I legitimately think and obviously only time will tell with this we'll see once he kind of cools down a little bit that he he might be like a top 10 hitter in baseball like legit he's just his he looks unstoppable and obviously we saw in the wbc there's a ton of guys in japan that are not just major league ready but like could just come over and be major league all-stars too and so yeah, like I am so happy with Yoshida. Great guy, uh, great hitter, and I think he's gonna shape out to be like a legit top ten hitter in baseball, which is obviously you like to have on your team. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's looked absolutely legit. And there's you know, nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely what you're looking for. You take a gamble on a on a player coming over from a foreign league, and obviously you hope that works out really well. And so far, it's been been stellar do you know uh or do you have anything else to say about the blue jays before we move on uh no just happy that they swept the pirates and yeah good stuff do you yeah do you know who um masataki yoshida's I, favorite mlb player is i do and i also saw the uh, like adorable aftermath of them finally getting to meet um I, which was really funny but uh that player we talked about him last week 159-day Tommy John surgery recovery. Bryce Harper is back. Yeah. And he wasted no time. Okay, at all. he wasted one game. Okay, he <laughs> wasted a game. That's true. <laughs> so he wasted a game of time. And then, yeah, he's back to hitting bombs. Yeah. Like, second game was three for three with, like, one or two doubles, two walks. And it's just like, who are you yeah what do you what are you made of dude stop insane dude's just an absolute baller unreal yeah, yeah. but i don't know what yoshida's dog is named exactly but i know he's named after bryce harper so either bryce or harper something like that uh there's a cute picture of yoshida and his dog wearing a bryce harper jersey yep. uh <laughs> Uh, Yoshida wore 34 in Japan after Bryce Harper. It's just, it's just a, it's just adorable. He's a fanboy. Uh, he's a fanboy. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but so yeah, maybe Bryce will be coming over to Boston. 
<laughs> Holy, could you imagine? Oh no. boy. I don't probably think that, not. I don't yeah, think that's got a happen. shot of happening. Yeah, it's not happening, but that's just fun. Um maybe one day we'll kind of get like an NBA style all-star game where it's all mixed up. It's not AL versus NL and they'll be on the same team. That'll be nice. That'd be cool. Uh but no, yeah, Bryce Harper just legit. Um going up against the old Dodgers this week, though, who have seemingly found their form a little bit. Yeah. Eight of their last ten. I this is a this has kind of been my team that I've been watching recently just because get home from my workouts and stuff right around seven, right when their games start. So I'll just kind of flip them on and watch. And I'm just really like this team. I like watching this team a lot. I think obviously their lineup isn't what it's been in the past, but Jason Hayward is on fire. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just got a fun personality. Obviously you got Betts, Freeman, Will Smith, who are just debatable, all three potential Hall of Famers. Then Max Muncie leading the league in homers. Jason Hayward having a crazy resurgent season. Like he's his baseball savant is off the charts. And then Outman just being a stud, getting on base, slapping the ball everywhere. 951 OPS, how you like it. Um, and it's just trying to, and which it has more recently, trying to get someone other than Clayton Kershaw to throw the ball well for hey, him on the mound. D- Dustin May, dude. Yes. I'm sir. a I'm a documented Dustin May enjoyer, and he has been looking <laughs> filthy. Um, that two seamer is is playing exactly how it should. Um, he's been fun to watch too. But no, you are right though. Outside of outside really of of May and Kershaw, um, Urias has been good but not great. Um, and Cindergard has struggled a pretty good amount. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but so. they just got Gonsolin back. Um, so they're hoping. For- for, I know he's a little rocky his first outing, but hopefully he can get his feet under him, start, you know, being that. I mean, Gonsolin was sort of talking was about him balling. as Cy Young for, you know, at least one, at like half of the season last year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, things are looking up for the Dodgers. I know Brian's enjoying listening to this right now. Oh, yeah, he's uh, just absolutely loving it. But, yeah, I mean, okay, uh, Oh, never mind. I forgot about the Padres. I was about to say. <laughs> well, I guess still, does another team see the top of the NL West for the rest of the year? Ooh. Padres are currently three games back. Diamondbacks a game and a half. Yeah, let me briefly look. There's a chance we see a brief bit of the D-backs up there. I think that if the Diamondbacks kind of hang around, they'll have a hot stretch, maybe come back. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm even just looking at them being a game and a half back right now. Oh, yeah. And the Dodgers have to play Milwaukee, and then the Padres, and then the Twins. And in contrast, the D-backs are going to be against the Marlins, the Giants, and Athletics. And I feel like that's... That's a pretty good chance for, for Arizona to steal first place for a cool minute. Yeah. I mean, and I love, I've been loving these Diamondbacks too. Yeah, they've been fun to watch. I'm, I'm getting more and more faith in this Dodgers team. 
but obviously the Padres could have a run in them too. Um, with especially with Tatis back now, but it's kind of getting that feeling that oh, the Dodgers might still very well be the Dodgers, but also you got to think about Preller. He's gonna do anything he can to make his team better. So that'll be an interesting trade deadline for the Padres as well. For sure. Yeah. Um. I know we briefly talked about Harper coming back from Tommy John. We have a player who's going to be leaving for Tommy John surgery. Uh, Luis Garcia uh, came out of a start somewhat discomfort, but that news has come out that he will be going under the knife for Tommy John surgery. So he will be out for the year and then probably a decent chunk of next season as well. Um, a pretty big blow for a, uh, Currently a third-place team in that division. Third place, the Astros suck. No. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's a bummer. I mean, a no, really it, it, it solid is. pitcher um, for a, a exciting team. But you honestly, you feel bad for Luis Garcia, but you kind of yeah. just be like, you're just like, yeah, the Astros are just going to figure it out. Though. Dude, yeah, they this happens, and then they're like, uh, all right. Uh, hey, let's may uh, uh, you guys ever heard of JP France? And everyone goes, No, who the hell is JP France? And they go, Well, he's starting, and he just threw he, his first start went five shutout innings against a Mariners ball club that's pretty good. It's like, Okay, fine, just have good pitchers waiting. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, Houston. Yeah, this is. Whatever, Houston. Houston's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Annoyingly um, good. How dare they? How dare they be speaking, good? Speaking of a team that's borderline annoyingly good, mm. uh, one team that we really haven't mentioned much at all this year, probably because they've been just routinely good. The Atlanta Braves, you mentioned him a little bit, but one person that I don't think we've even said his name this season yet is Ronald Acuna Jr., Damn. which is ridiculous because he is having an absolute MVP season. He's batting 351, the 445 on base, 573 slugging. That's a 1018 OPS, and he leads baseball with 15 stolen bases. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, at least a 2020 season. And he's going to get the stolen bases no matter what. It's just, is it going to be a 30-50 season? A 40-50 season even? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like who knows, it's, man. It's just crazy. And then when you dive into some of his teammates over this last week, it's it's just Ozzy Albies leads all of baseball with 13 hits this week. And Marcel Azuna with four home runs leads baseball. And then, yeah, they also have the RBI leader of this week with, with Sean Murphy, former Oakland A legend, with... 12 RBI. It's just like these Braves are ridiculous. Yeah. And it's crazy. They're, they're only nine and eight at home right now, too. They've done a lot of their winning on the road, 15 and three on the road. So that's kind of also scary to think about that soon they're going to turn it on at home, too. And they're just, I mean, I guess same question. I mean, this one's probably a little bit easier, but. Does another team see the top of the NL East at all this year? Ooh, man. I mean, at this point, you're looking at the Mets and the Marlins tied at 
17 and 18. They're seven games back. Marlins probably don't get up there. Mets might, but they're dealing with some struggles as far as just, you know, underperforming. Um, guys on that team that you think should be doing a lot better than they are that aren't. Um, you know, yeah. Scherzer's sitting at a 5.56 ERA. Um, Verlander's only had one start back, so, yeah. you know, obviously that's kind of uh, remains to be seen. Um, but really, the only the only real star of their rotation right now is Kodai Senga, who's still been who's actually been really solid. But um, but David Peterson and, and and Miguel have both struggled in their own respective uh, starts a, de- a decent amount as well. Um, so you know, I, it's hard for me to also be like, oh yeah, the Mets will go up there. Um, yeah. So who I knows? Was, I was just thinking about the Mets uh, this week. That's they. I mean, I can't remember all who I picked. I know I'm feeling good about my Twins uh, MLB TV draft pick, but the Mets is my first. I think the one-one for me was the Mets, because of, partly because of the booth and just everything that they had. Also, mm. as uh, I'm pretty sure before the Edwin Diaz stuff as well, um, and yeah, the Braves are just showing me that I made the wrong decision there. Like Braves are just better team in every way um obviously you met still have time still early for on, sure but but yeah crazy i mean speaking of a team that made me look bad in the mlb tv draft we could talk about a team that made you look bad in the mlb tv <laughs> draft the st louis cardinals man oi joy joy they are I mean, oh. struggling hard man oh God. it's rough over there yeah 11 and 24. Uh, yeah, not they lost eight of their last 10. Um, here, I'm just trying to pull up some other numbers right here. But also, their big free agent signing. I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> Wilson Contreras. Oh, yeah. yeah they, he was in there. He... Biggest, biggest free agent catcher in the, uh, in the class, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He was in there to replace Yadier Molina. He came in, he's going to, you know, be high offensive guy with a great arm and he's going to grow into a better, you know, pitch caller, all that things. He comes in, he's immediately talking about how much better of an organization the Cardinals are than the Cubs, just <sighs> trashing his former organization. Yep. Um, you know, and then, and then now I haven't, dove too deep into the story i've just seen some headlines and stuff now he's like indefinitely no longer their catcher just because pretty much I, i've seen that they're you know obviously their pitching has been bad yes. uh 175 runs allowed that's the second most in the nl central um and it, it's just a lot of those starting pitchers especially their eras are a lot higher than you think yep um but yeah, they've just kind of said we're not gonna have him be our catcher. I don't know if, if you have more information on this. But... Yeah, I mean, not a ton. Obviously, they want to keep him offensively still on the field, so he's gonna be at least allegedly gonna be doing a lot of DHing. And then they said that he'll probably potentially even play a little outfield, um, which is crazy. But yeah, the biggest thing is that. Um, there's clearly some degree of, of uh, 
the Cardinals just thinking he's not their guy behind the dish, which is which is crazy considering, you know, what he was coming into the season, which was the sort of, you know, you're the heir apparent to the Adia Molina's job. And um yeah, it just has not worked out at all for them so far. Um you briefly brought up start, you know, their pitching has struggled a lot. Um I think that, you know, the difference between having a stalwart guy like Molina behind, you know, behind home plate every day, um, I think that change is really hitting them hard. And especially for a team like the like the Cardinals, who have a lot of a lot of uh, starting pitching who've been on the team for a long time. Like, I mean, obviously, Wainwright was out for the first good chunk of the season. So he's I think he's only made one start now. Um, but the rest of these guys, you know, Jack Flaherty, only team he's known. He's been on the he's been on the Cardinals since 2017 when he started. Um, Michaelis has been on the team since 2018. Um, Jake Woodford's been on the team since he was called up in 2020. So you know that's that's three that's three guys who you know got at least four or five years of time with one catcher basically, and and they're all pitching way worse than pretty much ever. Flaherty's sitting at a 6.29 ERA over his career av- his career ERA is a 3.58. Now Michaelis is sitting at a 5.79, his career average is a 3.8, and uh, Woodford sitting at a 5.4 and his career average is just under 4 at 3.93. So, you it know, just... I, it, it it's it's crazy. It it's 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 a fascinating thing to think about how much of an impact a game call a good game calling catcher might actually have on your starting pitching ability or really just your pitching ability in general because it's not just the star, it's not just the starters that are struggling. Yeah, I don't know, man. This just seems like the least Cardinals thing of all time to sign a catcher to a big five-year deal and then less than 40 games into it be like he's not going to be our catcher like i've like that's wild yeah it's like pretty crazy i that's ugly that's just an ugly look all around um and then obviously uh contrast yeah (laughs) sure Contreras being like, oh my god! It was like I'm a fifth grade teacher for those of you who don't know, but it just sounded <laughs> the quote that I I didn't hear him say it, but reading it, it just sounded like a a child talking in a way. It was like you know I talked with with Yadier Molina and we were going over footage and he was just saying like you know the pitchers just aren't executing pitches. So he's like I'm not trying to blame anyone or anyone, but. We just got to start executing better. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. my gosh. And, and, you know, for what it's worth, right? Like, this could just be a weird systemic collapse that doesn't actually have anything to do with Contreras, and it's just they all happen to be pitching worse, you know, all at the same time. But I find that just so difficult to believe, you know? Like, that's so, that's such a wild, I, like, I, I can't get behind that. That's a but wild you need theory. To try and stick with your guy that you just signed in right. this contract for that more too. than 40 games, that right? Too. You can say, like, you, yeah, you could try and fix the problem if you think the problem is Contreras, but you're just giving up on this guy. Like, yeah. but I also think that there is 
yes, it's only it's only 40 games, right? You're talking about you know, not even a quarter of the season. But you're 11 and 24. <laughs> I, do, I don't doubt that there is panic setting in. Like, the Cardinals have got to just be in a position right now where they're like, we've got to change something. Something's got to change now. Because, you know... It, and then they just get, I don't know, they just get a rash and make a crazy decision. Who knows? Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, I don't doubt that Contreras will still be batting. It'll be interesting to see how long um, he stays not catching. Um, I don't know. Maybe it works out perfect. And he starts DHing. They get a new a new guy behind the dish, and suddenly all their pitchers start doing better. And in which case, you go, Damn, maybe they were right. But um, I don't know. It, it just seems unlikely. Yeah, I mean, they lost to the Tigers today, so brutal. Uh, or was that yesterday? I don't think it was yesterday. They've lost yeah, to the yesterday. Tigers a few times, I think. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, and I know, I mean, to get off Contreras for a little bit, I know one of the other sort of storylines with them as well has been um, Nolan Arenado has just, like, not been very good. Oh, yeah. He's got a cool 608 OPS. Ooh. Yikes. Um, you know, that's a dude who was MVP candidate stuff. That's, you can't do that. He, um, oh. Now, other side of the infield. Paul Goldschmidt's actually been really solid. Yeah. Batting 321, OPS just shy of, of, of a one dot. Um, seven home runs, 14 doubles. Goldie's been doing stellar. And, and I mean, we haven't talked about him partly because, I mean, the Cardinals have sucked. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's actually he's pulling his weight just fine. There's just a, a handful of other guys on that batting lineup that just not doing it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just an ugly year in St. Louis. It doesn't feel like the Cardinals, right? Talking about these kind of panic moves, the Tyler O'Neill fiasco. Dude, yeah. Golly Marmol calling him out in the press several times. It's just ugh, ugly stuff in St. Louis. So let's talk about something not ugly. Mm. Uh, well, unless you're an Oakland A's fan, Matt Chapman is just ridiculous. And I yeah. saw the stat yeah. that he already has 17 doubles. Oh, yeah. He's raking. Already and, you, and you know what the yeah. best part is? That this is? This is a fun stat as well. He is almost more than double the next guy of balls hit 400 plus feet that aren't homers. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He has been mashing to a stupid degree. Yeah, yeah, just ridiculous. And speaking of a former Oakland A legend that's been kicking some freaking butt, Liam Hendricks made yeah. his first rehab appearance back from his non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He, yeah, just an awesome guy. I mean, love it. You hear him talk about it. He was just like, instead of, he's like, I never gave myself too much pity. I. I never thought, why me? I just thought, why not me? And what mm. can I make out of this opportunity, you know, in, in terms of awareness, supporting, and, you know, supporting people going through the same yeah. thing. And he's just a really, just an awesome guy, really positive, um, really progressive as well. I know um, him and his wife have done a lot 
for like LGBTQ communities, wherever they've gone. And before signing with the White Sox, that was like one of his questions. He was like, what do you guys do for, you know, the gay community and how can we make it better? And uh, like, that's just, just so awesome to be like, I'm about to sign this huge contract. I could go to just about any team I want. Yeah, and this team is interested in me. They want to give me money, but as part of it, I want to make sure that yeah. you know we're supporting people that maybe don't it's, get the normal support. That it's so funny to think of it like that too, because Liam Hendricks is one of those guys who, uh, on the field, you would think is kind of a psycho. Yeah, the dude is like, it's so funny. Like talking about he, there was another another funny like quote from him about in in that rehab start he was getting a ton of like applause and stuff. And he said, "Yeah, don't get me wrong, it's really really nice. I very much appreciate it. Um, I'm just a guy who pitches on anger, and it's really hard to get angry when you know the other team is full of nice people." <laughs> oh, that's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> It's just like, that is, that's so funny. <laughs> I cannot wait until he's back fully. Oh, that's great. I mean, yeah, truly a beautiful thing. Uh, another beautiful thing. Well, depending on who you are. Mm. Uh, we talked a little bit about being the AL East and those darn Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. Those Rays got a good shortstop. Dude uh, named Wander Franco, who is confident. He's got a big contract, so why not? Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, yeah, he got a routine grounder earlier in the week and uh, flipped the ball up in the air, spun <laughs> it a little bit, grabbed it again, and then just threw the guy out at first. Um, which I think here's my take on it. One, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's just freaking Wander being himself like that. And don't, this starts with Randy Rosarena too. Don't <laughs> think this doesn't start with Randy. Him going to WBC. Some dude named Randy. Some dude named Randy out there in left field <laughs> signing autographs mid-game in the WBC. Don't think that all of his teammates didn't see that and then saw that energy brought into, you know, spring training or like that's who we are. Like and he's it's freeing up everybody. Um so so yeah and but here's how I stand. I personally fine with it, liked it. Fine with it. If it was on my team and he dropped it, I would lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think it's okay for you to dislike that and be like, you know what? He should just be doing his job. Like, like that's like potentially messing up like an out. But I don't understand people that are just like not even raised fans just hating it and saying it's bad for baseball and yeah, all that stuff. Like you could just be like, yeah, I don't like that, but I don't understand like hating it. Blowing it up like, to be the argument that some people have tried to make it out to be is so silly. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm totally, if you're like, I just don't like that. I get you. Yeah, that's I fine. Honestly, I get you. That's chill. Um, but yeah, this is ruining baseball. <laughs> no, it isn't. He got no. the out. No, it isn't. He, he, yeah. he, he got the out. It's fine. I don't know. Ridiculous. Though, uh, one thing that I want to see way more of, uh, <laughs> it brought back a highlight of Miguel Sano making a great stop and then <laughs> kissing the ball before throwing an absolute <laughs> missile over the first base. <laughs> if I saw 
Oh my gosh, I would love seeing that way more. Like third baseman just backhand, boom, give a little kiss, and then that's boom, so funny. there's a missile. It was incredible. Oh my gosh. Um Damn. Yeah. I mean before uh well do you have any I, other storylines that you're I have one other I have an insane factoid that I want to bring up. Okay, okay, okay. Give it, so give it to me. This is a this is gonna sound fake. May 2nd, 2023. Yeah, remember it. The Angels played the St. Louis Cardinals. Bad team. Yeah. Arguably two bad teams. Oh. Um that was the first time ever that those two teams played each other without Albert Pujols in either lineup. Wow. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is crazy. Does that not sound fake? <laughs> that does sound fake. But I, it, 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 it goes to show you how long Albert played, but then also how new interleague play is. Interleague play is. You know, because we're right at that age where it, it's basically been around our whole lives. 2002. You know, you know our whole baseball watching lives. Yes. Uh, so, like, it it doesn't feel new to us, but it is, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. That's crazy. But that's, yeah. I, so, interleague play, you know, started early 2000s, and Albert Pujols was, you know, in the league then. And, uh, you know, they played in 2002, and he was in all of those games, 2007, 2010, 2013, 16, and 19. And then, obviously, they, they didn't play in... 2020 because that kind of the, that weird COVID season messed with the whole pattern and then at that point then he, you know he's back on it's absurd it's just a crazy thing to think about that yeah those two teams have never played each other until this week without Albert Pujols playing for one of those two teams that's ridiculous nuts well yeah crazy well, before we get into some series to look out for, there is one more uh, storyline hmm. to cover that especially if you're uh, in California, probably came across your Twitter feed. Uh, Glenn Kuyper, earlier this week in yes. uh, Kansas City, had a major misspeak uh, during the pregame uh, portion of the A's versus Royals game. He was talking about the great day, uh, he had in Kansas City, which included him going to visit the Negro League Museum and getting a tour from the amazing President Bob Kendrick. If you've never heard Bob awesome. Kendrick speak, he is amazing, a great storyteller. Like, I mean, the, the dude that you want to be the president of that museum. Oh, yeah. Just so passionate, loves baseball, loves the history, uh, you know, loves empowering black athletes and telling their stories. It's just an amazing person. Like I had no interest in going to Kansas City, but then when I hear that guy talk, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go, go. To Kansas. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta make a trip. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and just totally misspoke, mispronounced the name of the museum. Uh, it was just you know, sounded like a horrible racial slur. I mean, it uh, it it, it was, was. Yeah, <laughs> it was the it was. it was a full a full drop of a hard R of the slur. Yes, and uh. Yeah, and I I didn't. It's interesting. I didn't see anything on Twitter that night until the six 
inning when Kuiper apologized saying I said something earlier. I misspoke. Mm. It did not come out the way that I was trying to, to say it. Yep. And then I just saw a bunch of people saying, I saw Kuiper apologize for something he said. I can't, it, I haven't, yeah. I can't imagine what he said. And then the video started. Yep. I mean, there was a lot of people who like, you know, people titled that video of like, hey, Glenn Kuiper accidentally, you know, says this word on air and people go, there's no way he did. But like, then, you know, people realize that, oh, that, that it did happen and it starts yeah. to circulate. And um, uh, yeah. yeah, since then, the A's have come out and issued a statement saying the language that he used is absolutely unacceptable. And they've indefinitely suspended Glenn yeah. Kuiper from broadcasting games for the Oakland A's. Now, wrapping this back over to Bob Kendrick, um, Kendrick released a statement. I don't know if you've seen, have you seen Bob Kendrick's yes. statement about this? Yeah. Where, um, you know, he, he's been made aware of it and he's, you know, but what he said was, you know, I welcomed Glenn to the, uh, that museum yesterday and know that he was genuinely excited to be here. Um, he said that word is painful and has no place in our society. And while I don't pretend to know Glenn's heart, I do know that my heart is one of forgiveness. I hope all of you will find it in yourselves to do the same. Um, which, I mean, again, if we haven't <laughs> already uh, convinced you that Bob Kendrick is just an awesome dude, um, I mean, that's about the, the best sort of feel of forgiveness that you can get. Um, I certainly don't think that this should result in the A's like firing Kuiper or anything like that. Remains to be seen. Hopefully we'll see him back in the booth. It it did seem like just a really... It, it's it's about the worst misspeak that you can have, <laughs> but it was still, I think, just that, a misspeak. Yeah, that's my interpretation of it as well. And I honestly, like... I, I you know, I, I, I do think... I don't even know if Kuiper realized what he said when saying it, because... I think the best move would have just been like right away being like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. But I think it seems like the A's like got in his ear and were like, you need to apologize. Yeah. Uh, and then he apologized it's, way later, like in the middle of the game. It, and I feel like they brought way more attention on it than it, needed to be. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a little bit, right? You, you there's, yeah. there's sort of the battle of, as an organization, you have to address it. There's no way that you can just not address it. That's not going to happen. It's choosing the right time. And if to them, the right time is literally as soon as possible, then that's what you come up with, right? You just do it. All right. It's got to happen now. Um, which, funny enough, weird baseball parallel um same booth in kansas city where um and i'm gonna forget his name now uh but the announcer for the uh for the uh cincinnati reds had a <laughs> set a slur yeah. on broadcast brennan 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 tom brennan something, like something like that uh and apologized in the middle of a game and that's when castellanos hit a deep drive in the left field yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> which was you know but again you know middle of the of the broadcast type thing yeah um there's never a good time. <laughs> like, yeah. there's never a time that is, like, you do it in the middle of the game and people are like, you didn't have to address it in the middle of the game, but you wait till the end of the game and people are like, wow, you really? You let him finish casting the game? And it's like, dude, can't win. But, like, I don't know. I just think it's it's different because that was, like, a person legitimately using a slur. Yes. 
and this was like a person trying to promote a right saying that he had an awesome time like saying that it was the highlight of his trip yeah making a horrible mistake and it was just like i don't know i just it's just a weird situation a bad situation i just feel like it was just a mistake and yep we can't I don't know. And I mean, also everything has to be like black and white. Right. It seems and, like it's like, why can't it just, why can't someone make a mistake? Right. Seriously. And, and also if, if Bob Kendrick immediately comes out and is just like, I'm forgiving him. You've got, you're not, you, 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 you like, what is your argument to not? That's the president of the Negro league museum. That's that is the dude who is the spokesperson and the figurehead for what black athletes have meant to Major League Baseball. If that dude is forgiving of a mistake, then you know everybody should be. It's it should uh I think it should just it, it should just be that it's just a mistake, unfortunate, but that is that's that's it. All right. Well, I guess to wrap this up, uh, to on a more uh, positive note, talking about Bob Kendrick, uh, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but in MLB The Show 23, they have a whole uh, Negro Leagues uh, like mode where you learn hmm. about these storylines. And it's cool to learn about, obviously, the big names like Jackie Robinson and Satchel Paige, but hmm. I've really enjoyed learning about players like Martin DeHigo, who was... Shohei on steroids. Uh, <laughs> he was an incredible pitcher, incredible hitter, and also played literally all nine positions, including catcher awesome. as well. And just a legit stud. And it's just awesome to hear Bob Kendrick talk throughout all of those uh, playable moments that you play. Um, so, yeah, I guess. Um, such a wrapping cool, up, such a cool dude. <laughs> such a cool guy. Uh, wrapping that up, I guess we could. Uh, finish with a few series we're looking forward to next week and yeah get on out of here i know i could start off with one and this is a statement series because you were Ooh. saying debatably two bad teams when we we're talking about the angels and the cardinals true the angels, angels are 19 and 16 oh. right now and they're starting their week off uh at home against the houston astros who are 17 and 17 so this is you know angels could make an announcement say hey we're trying to be legit again yeah. <laughs> and we're also trying to put the astros below 500 so i think for me that's the early one of the early week series to look out for for sure yeah that'll be that'll be a good one for sure um i brought uh this series up a little bit uh earlier but dodgers are going to be in milwaukee they'll be playing the brewers that should be a really good one as well. Dodgers obviously picking up the pace. Brewers started off super, super hot. They've cooled off a little bit, but still a, you know, still a team you got to be careful around. So that that should be a really good series as well. Yeah, Dodgers, you know, <laughs> playing against the Padres this week, and they're going to do the same thing next weekend too, <laughs> uh, just in LA. And uh, another great weekend series to look out for is the old. Braves versus your I was about to say. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness gracious is World Series preview. Hey, that's what I'm hoping. I you know what I'm hoping about it though isn't the World Series preview is the fact that the 
the the Braves get to face the struggling part of the Chase rotation. <laughs> they get to face like Bassett and Barrios. It'll be great. Yeah. That Sunday looks like Kikuchi's. Yeah, it looks though, like it so should be, be good. should be Kikuchi. And Kikuchi's been awesome. Yeah. Um pitched a pitched a really good game against the Pirates today. Oh, we didn't talk about the Pirates. They're struggling. They're big time struggling. We don't need to talk about that. Only the shine. We only talk about pirate shiny. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Actually, I mean, the one thing I did want to bring up, kind of relating to the pirates, because just as like a highlight of how much they are struggling. Um, last week we talked about pirates were the uh, second team to hit twenty wins. Um, it was just them and the Rays, and uh, since then, they have stayed at twenty wins. They've lost their last seven in a row. The Dodgers have passed them. The Braves have passed them. The Red Sox have passed them. The Jays have passed them. The Orioles have passed them. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, and the Rangers uh, are technically past them. They're twenty and thirteen, as opposed to twenty and fifteen. Yeah, the so. proper tortoise and the hare situation going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Pirates jumped out to an uh, uh, amazing amazing start to the season i mean they're still 20 and 15 and technically technically still number one in that division but um yeah it's it's been it's been a bit of a struggle for them yeah still a fun team another... to watch oh yeah you, you gotta be happy and hopefully they could figure it out and finish somewhere right around 500 that'd be great um but got another statement series in the al west Ooh. um the rangers are taking on the mariners uh, another one where it's like the team that's you got a debatably overperforming and underperforming team here. Sure. The Rangers twenty and thirteen, and the Mariners seventeen and seventeen. It's an opportunity for the Mariners, or the Rangers, to flex their muscles, uh, show that they're legit. Maybe get even to ten games above five hundred, and to you know bury that opponent and the Mariners keep them down while they're down. So that's. I mean, if I'm a Rangers fan, I'm I'm getting up for that series. I think that's a that's a, a series to pencil in. Uh, believe it is in Seattle though, so I was gonna say I'd show up to the ballpark, but <laughs> maybe not unless I'm rich. Then I'll fly out to that beautiful stadium, enjoy a nice little midweek stay in Seattle. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> hey, man, Rangers have been Rangers have been legit. Yeah, their their uh their rotation's been really solid. Yavaldi's been been really good. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one hurts a little, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's just because he's just like beyond the pitcher, just great locker room guy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh okay. Well, that's all I got. I don't know if you got anything. No, that that's about it for me. I'm I'm pumped for another another good old week of base at a ball base of the ball yes love it thank you so much for listening follow us on twitter at nonstop bb pod um yeah let us know what you want us to talk about and thank you for all your listening support and remember that stephen kwan is not overrated <laughs> goodbye <laughs>